this is the perfect time for Evie to start screaming or something from upstairs. Well, let's not encourage that. No. She's a year old now. She can deal with it herself. Well, considering her debut was screaming. It was. And and that that was was. a year ago. Whole year ago. Almost to the day. I know. Crazy. Well, she is a year old. I know. She's too... No, I don't like it. You don't like it? Why don't you like it? Why don't you like that your child has aged? Because exactly that. My child has aged. She's growing up. (laughs) Yes, but she's leaving the just nonsensical shit factory stage of life. (laughs) No, 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 no. You don't understand. The nonsensical nonsensical, um, shit factory, that never goes away. I still am the nonsensical shit factory that my parents created. Okay, the unceasing nonsensical shit factory. <laughs> she's going to listen to this when she's older and be like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, sweetie. <laughs> I think we have our bumper. I think we might. And it's about Evie shitting. Yes, that's that's the joke. Go World on Stage 1! Do-do-do-do. And welcome to World on Stage One. I'm Simon, and joining me as ever isn't Jack, and isn't Rob. But joining me as ever is Irish. Yay, me! And joining me as not usually is Jenna, Mrs. Irish. Hello! Hello, Mrs. Irish. Hello! (laughs) How are you both? Good. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as, you know, I, I, I'm here. Uh, I'm not dead. That's uh, definitely uh, good. I, I've eaten. Uh, I cannot be sure that Jack and Rob are not dead because they are not here. Well, Rob is actually busy doing a uh, what's the word thing? No betrayal. That's the word. <laughs> Uh, uh, a workshop. That's it. He's doing a workshop because he because he's an actor, as you may have gathered from previous appearances. Indeed. Um, and Jack is suffering from Nurgle's touch again. He is indeed. The rot has taken him. Indeed. He'll be the one that brings the conflu to the convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, he will be the carrier. Do not approach him. No. Um, so yeah, uh, we were beset by technical issues. We are beset by hosts being absent. Uh, we have no plan. What could possibly go wrong? We are super professional today. We are absolutely. As, as always. <laughs> absolutely, nothing could go wrong. So, shall we start on the down note and then try and lift from there? Yes. 
that, that is probably the best way to go. Yeah, this is the first time we have been gathered together to talk uh, since the passing of Leonard Nimoy, who was a, a, a little bit of a, a personal hero of mine, it has to be said. Mm. So, a, a very sad passing. It's one of those ones where you lose a celebrity from your life and it, uh, it takes you personally. You feel like you've lost a friend. That happened to me last year with Robin. Mm. You know, that, that, that hit me hard. The one that hit me really hard was actually, I think, 2013 when Dickin Smith died and he was like my favourite author growing up. And that really sucked. Yeah, childhood authors. Because they, they're your childhood friends. And that yeah. really hurt. Which is what Spock uh. was to me, I guess. You know, he, he was... I, I was a geek. I had a lot more in common with computers than people at some points in my life, and I liked <laughs> having someone to relate to, you know? Um, yes. Will Wheaton was saying very similar things on Radio Free Burrito that I was listening to today, um, getting quite emotional about it, ironically. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a sad passing, but it's nice to see, you know, the internet come alive with tribute. At times like this. Yeah. And uh, loads and loads of games are already talking about the way he's going to be memorialised. Um, Star Trek Online, obviously, is going to be memorialising him. I was very pleased to see uh, the Elite Dangerous team announcing that Leonard Nimoy Memorial Station would be put in orbit around Vulcan. And Star Citizen have said they're going to do something as well. Until, you, until you'd mentioned that, I didn't even realise that Elite Dangerous had Vulcan and stuff like that in it. Uh, well, I mean, it's not Vulcan from Star Trek. Uh, oh, say, uh, okay. It's it's planet Vulcan. Um, in that there, I believe there is a Vulcan. Uh, it, well, it's a nickname given to a planet in a system in our observable universe. Uh, yes, and, yeah, there is, there is, yeah. And so yes. in Elite Dangerous, it is there, it is named Vulcan, because you would. <laughs> and uh, now it's, uh, I can only presume it's going to be the first planet in Elite Dangerous to have two orbital stations, because it already has one, uh, but they've said they will add the Leonard Nimoy Memorial Station, so that would make it a unique system, which would be a nice touch. Yes. I do need to play that game one day. And speaking of touch and touching, uh, his last tweet. I mean, he was. Oh, Ill. that was stunning. Yeah, uh, I, I get the sense there was some awareness that it was coming, so we had a chance to prepare. But it was the the perfect tweet to end with. It, it simply reads: "A life is like a garden. Perfect moments can be had, but not preserved, except in memory." LLAP for Live Long and Prosper. He wins. He wins the internet for last tweet. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Um, I'm looking forward to a future World 1 stage when we're not announcing a sad death. Um... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's two, that's two now. Yeah, that's two for... Well, two recordings for two. Uh, okay, moving on. Other things have happened. Please. <laughs> no more. No more this year, 2015. Mm. No more. We love it. No more. We love. We're, we're done with this. No more. Take no more from us. 
We had a deal. <laughs> but uh, in, in slightly happier, but possibly more bewildering news, of course, uh, we are recording the day before Valve's big announcement. Mm. Uh, tomorrow on the 3rd of the 3rd, at 3, Half-Life will reveal that they hate us. Half-Life will, Half-Life will reveal. Half-Life will reveal. You see, it's on my mind. <laughs> it's on my mind. <laughs> Valve will reveal that they hate us. That they get the joke and they can weaponize it. <laughs> weaponize I mean, it. Well, let's face it, it's, it's not going to be Half-Life 3. No. No, it can't be. Uh, and the only reason they can have chosen three on the third of the third is to make us all really sad when it's not. Yeah. I am intrigued to see whether it's got anything to do with their Vive VR headset, though. We could be wrong. We could be massively wrong, and it, you know, it is Half-Life. Oh, it could be, but I'm, but I'm invested <laughs> in it. We're cynical. Being. We're cynical and know better. I, it's not just that we're cynical. I don't want it to be anymore. No. I, I'm on record as saying, never do it. Never release Half-Life 3. It's getting to Duke Nukem Forever time. Yes, it's getting to Daikatana yeah, time. Yeah. It's, it can't be all things to all people. And so many people have got it built up in their minds in so many ways. It's just going to disappoint someone. I mean, you know, I've, I've already said in previous, I don't know if it's on the, been on the show, but in previous meetups and stuff that I'm not a Half-Life fan you know i played i played them they're all right but i guess i i missed it you know it passed me by and it passed you by it didn't pass me by i was a half-life fan enormous half-life fan of the first game and the second i loved Mm. and adored them and i remember loving them but i don't actively love them anymore because well they're old and they're a, a nice nostalgic part of my history, but I've played so many games since, and there are franchises that are alive. Yes. It might be a triumphant return, but it's much more likely to be Terminator 4. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a risk. <laughs> Sorry. Carry on. Well, it's a risk. I, I just Reviving the franchise at this point seems really dangerous to me when they've got you know, Portal to build on, they've got Left 4 Dead to build on, they've got Team Fortress 2 to make money from hats forever. <laughs> they don't need to take this risk, and I'm, I'm nervous. If it's if it's going to be Half-Life 3, I'm really nervous to play that game. It's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens. It is. Yeah, that's being announced at uh, GDC, Game Developer Conference, which... For another year, I'm not at. Oh, I know. Even though I am a game developer, and go and buy Tile Squared on the App Store if you have no problem. Plug, 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 plug. Now for a few days, not enough people have bought it. Go buy it. You're it's... shameless, sir. Shameless. I am shameless. It's a, it's a little block puzzler inspired by classics like Tetris and Lumines. It's, uh, it's, it's really, really fun. Go and buy it. It's also really cheap, but it does cost money. Give me your money. Why do you think I'm updating my phone? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say, while we're at it, we could always go plug a GS insurance. Yay! Because I've got a new job. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm really happy about my new job. (laughs) Yes, congratulations on your new job. 
thank you. <laughs> I'm not saying bad things about the new job. I'm just saying no plugging a company that doesn't need the plugging. <laughs> They're doing all right. Well, they hired me, so they always need the plugging. Yeah. Meanwhile, plug, plug, plug. Come and see us at um, Amicon. Yes, plug Amicon. I, I should be doing that anyway because obviously being on the committee yes, you and stuff. <laughs> Yes, please come to Amicon. It will be brilliant. Although all the tickets have sold out already, and yeah, if you're listening to this and you are going to Amicon, just by you know, pure <laughs> come and see us. Come and see us at seven o'clock. Is it on the Friday? Possibly. I, I will check. If you're listening <laughs> yeah. to this and you have no plans to visit Amicon, it's too late. Um, <laughs> the, uh, there will there will be video of the panel post Amicon. So we'll link it through when it appears because uh, a mutual friend of ours is recording the convention as an entirety. And I have just thought of a topic for tonight. Oh? Because you two are yeah. veterans of the UK Animacon scene. Yeah. Uh, just a little. <laughs> I have never really gone to one short of meeting up with some friends for lunch at an MCM Expo here and there. So, give me a crash course <laughs> in what to expect from the UK anime-con scene. <laughs> uh, advice, bring soap. <laughs> uh. Is that for personal use or to assault others with? Yes. Okay, good. I'll bring liquid soap then. It's the classic long-running joke that's been, I guess, from the conventions that, you know... We're nerds. We're geeks. Please wash. Yeah. Please. I promise you I shall. Don't go into the games room on Sunday because it's horrible and makes me sad. What? Because it's so smelly in there after all Uh, the DDR. Yeah, it's true. The games room is run by DDR UK and... And it's a game where you can build up a sweat. Yeah. If you don't know what DDR is... um, if you know what a dance mat is, it's an arcade <laughs> machine version of that. And if you don't Go. know what a dance mat is, imagine standing in front of a computer and jigging up and down rapidly, intensively, for about three minutes at a time. If you don't know what a dance mat is, go back to our controller episode. <laughs> did that ever get released? Yeah, that's yeah. what oh, that one did. Okay, good. Yes, that's a really early one. We talked a lot about Clapton. Well, not we, because obviously I was just listening, but you guys talked a lot about Clapton. Yes. Oh, we did. We did. Yes. Because it's, you know, one of the, the surviving arcades yep. in the country. And we have a holiday home there. Mm. Take care of your parents. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great because we get babysitters when we go down there. It's great, actually, because they've recently uh, rebuilt an entire part of the one of the arcades there so it's nice swanky new with bowling alley and all that kind of stuff in it now so oh and it had all new machines as well so that's quite oh yeah all up to date arcade cabinets you know stuff that actual new releases it's not all the classic stuff might have to organise a trip Mm. Mm. Clapton is actually quite nice so it was yeah go go in the off season when you know (laughs) when there isn't loads of fucking people there (laughs) And the Toby Carvery down there is quite nice. Ah, oh, well. Toby Carvery. <laughs> <laughs> How to tell we're British? <laughs> I approve of any franchise of restaurants that will just place meat in front of me. To be honest, 
I'm simple to please. This is not. This is not what goes on. Well, it uh, kind of goes on what happens at conventions. I was going to say, what was your first convention, honey? Me. Yeah. Uh, it was Icon. I can't remember, 2006? No, it would have been before that, because we got together in 2004. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's the one that you wasn't there. Yes. So I beat you, because my first one was Aya 2002. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, we're both definitely con veterans. Uh, Back in the day, back in the days when, you know... It's to turn up at a convention and be like, I, I don't would... know anybody. One what? of your tickets, please. Yeah, one of your <laughs> finest tickets, please. For the Here weekend. The weekend as well, sir. Thank you. That's something that doesn't happen anymore. No. Well, you could do that for Manami, which is the longest running anime convention in Britain you used to be able to turn up on the door buy tickets now it sells out within an hour online yeah yeah because it's one of the smallest ones at 350 attendees yeah I only got in on the wait list myself yeah um, that is the one happening next weekend this coming weekend Jen yes that's what I meant this, yeah this weekend <laughs> not next week anyway <laughs> Though as no, you're no. listening to this, listener, it could be any time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so professional we are. <laughs> uh, things expect, things happen at a convention. Uh, you will see... Oh, we should do convention bingo. That's always fun. <laughs> you, know, you, will see Doctor, you will see Doctor Who characters. You will see you know, anime characters as a whole. You will see various TV show characters reimagined or brought to life in ways you never thought you'd expect to see. You'll see uh, people running around like maniacs who work for the convention, <laughs> trying to get the place up and running and trying to get it to run smoothly. Will there be but, a ball pit? Uh, um, I'm not mentioning anything at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no spoilers. Uh, <laughs> um... But yeah, you. All the conventions, apart from like the big ones in London in the UK, are run by fans. Um, Well, in the anime community, they are. So it's all volunteer staff. So you get all the committee, they're all volunteers. You get the gophers, who are the volunteers that actually work at the convention to help the committee out. And everyone does it for no personal gain they just do it because they love the scene you know you still pay for your own you still pay for your ticket to, to go you still pay for your hotel to stay there but and you work there pro bono you work for nothing nothing but the love of the of the of the event and you know having done it from both sides well from three three sides of it having done it from a congoer as a gopher and just as a dealer as well it it's such an experience and that's why we keep going back and just getting to see all your friends and 
it's the anime community is just such a loving community once you've got a group of friends it's just wonderful and you'll see people that you don't see all year it's like last year we missed out because of the birth of Evie and my mum knew how important Manami was which is the convention in March is to us so a week after she was born she drove us down so we could see our friends and introduce Evie to it so Evelyn is actually officially the youngest ever attendee of a convention in the UK. <laughs> the only way we could be beat, well, she could be beat, is if someone gives birth at, at the cons. <laughs> yes. So I, mean, um, I think you could absolutely accuse that child of having snuck in. Yes. <laughs> and, um, well, Evie technically snuck in because she got taken behind the, into the dealer's room with no pass. <gasps> so, so did we, though. Yeah, so did we, because we know the um, committee of Manami. <laughs> and we've got friends in the dealer's room that would only be in the dealer's room, so she very kindly let us in. <laughs> so... But yeah, it is... um, long-term listeners of World on Stage 1 will be familiar with many a story of Tokunatsu. Uh, oh, if you want to get that feeling for just ridiculous friendships forming in the middle of a field uh, in Toko's <laughs> unique case. Uh. Yes. <laughs> Toko is a very unique convention because it's a mixture of camping, UK convention scene, and, well, the number one hobby of people in the UK anime scene, drinking. <laughs> and water pistol fights. Don't forget yes, that. Uh, yes, lots of water pistol fights. And then still some beautiful costumes appearing. And it's just, suddenly these people turn up with beautiful wigs, beautiful costumes in the middle of a field. And you're like, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> also, it's actually one of the cheapest conventions because you don't pay for much food because they provide you like a burger and stuff. You do kind of have to buy more food to substitute it, but it's not as expensive as being in a hotel. Then um, you bring a tent, or they will provide you with a tent for quite cheap. And, yeah, it's pretty good. And we have an eight-person tent for when we go. <laughs> it's just huge. It was basically like a village hall. <laughs> and our son Mike slept in it as well with us. So for three people, an eight-man tent is a bit big. <laughs> but roomies. But, yeah, and... It was very nice, and we had, um, because it had sections where we could zip it, um, we had the main room for me and Jack, which was a double bed, basically. We had one on the side for Mike, and then the other one was for all of our booze. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love a tent with a master bedroom. I've been in something similar myself. Yes, it was very nice, and it had pockets, and you could properly zip it up, so then you could just be like, yeah, I am being private now. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) But you had to still have to have the people in the tent. But, yeah, the UK animation is very unique, um, especially compared to America, where most of the conventions are corporate. Um, You still get the occasional fan-run stuff, but a lot of it is for profit. Mm. While the UK scene... There is no profit involved at all. None of the committee. It's mostly a loss. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, it is just few sheer hard work that these things get put on. So um, I've paid for so much travel this year, going to see venues and um, 
so much of my time taken up by trying to email people and just make sure that the dealer's room for Amicorn is going to be absolutely brilliant. And I'm not taking a penny for that. I'm just, and I won't be enjoying, well, I will be enjoying the convention, but I'm just <laughs> sitting in the dealer's room, probably with my laptop and just sort of having a help desk kind of thing. And that'll be my convention. And I might go to the bar a couple of times, but that'll probably be it. So, yeah. And so if you see a committee member or a gopher, please thank them because they appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> they try their best. We do. So you're we talking love- about the, uh, the dealer room. Uh, yes. Break it down into events and areas. What's, what's there to be... Uh, seen and experienced by con-goers in the UK? Right. Normally you have a main It does vary vary convention to convention, depending on the setup. Um, A lot of conventions either get held at larger hotels or get held at universities now because we've we've outgrown hotels. Um, as I said, Manami being one of the longest ones is capped at 350 for the reason of the hotel won't can't accommodate any more. Um, Heater is 1,500, and that's at the Hilton, and that's just a, in Birmingham, and that's just a huge hotel. But otherwise, a lot of us go to universities like uh, Warwick Campus is an amazing um, accommodation and uh, site for conventions, and that's normally a thousand people con and that's just wonderful atmosphere but normally you will definitely have a bar and that will be the hub of everything um that's that where most people UK convention seat summed up <laughs> yeah um is there a bar in it yes <laughs> uh, that's where you will find everyone last sammy con although i didn't see much of the actual con because um the chairman very uh, nicely asked me to go for as in pleaded with me it was like oh thank you honey oh, I wasn't planning to do, but okay um, because Jack suddenly discovered I was a gopher and then didn't see me until I came back to bed looking very exhausted <laughs> <laughs> um, then um, so yeah the bar and sorry I'm not very good at this whole talking thing I'm so used to listening it's weird um <laughs> All you need to know is that there is a bar. <laughs> that was it. We ran out of Relentless. There's a, oh, yeah, we drank we, that particular year. Yeah, we drank the bar dry of Relentless. It was on tap. We drank it dry. <laughs> That's pretty terrifying. Mm. Uh, they ran out of a couple of things, had to keep on restocking, and they were shocked, even though they had us there the year before as well. And still they were shocked. It was like, dudes, dudes. Understand, we eat a lot of booze because people <laughs> drink you dry. It's much like uh, at the at Manami. It's right next to a drive-through McDonald's, and <laughs> the guys who the managers who run that particular branch know we are there every year around this time period. <laughs> so they always try to get the newest guys to work that weekend <laughs> just to gauge their reactions. Cause people, cause we don't care. And people, you know, we, people walk in there in full costume and, or very little on, you know, depending on what they're doing. And it's just, and the looks, and no one gives a shit. You know, even do, if you have a cosplay, you can't, you can't be, 
sensitive. Sensitive about it. Because pe- at the end of the day, people are people. If they're going to be mean, they're going to be mean. I've been to Manami's um, McDonald's in so many different costumes. <laughs> and you get a couple of people come up to you and ask you questions and you just happily reply and stuff. Um, you get a couple of strange looks, but I've never had anyone being outwardly abusive. No, I've, so, never, I've not seen anyone particularly be an, uh, antagonistic to them. They just go, what a bunch of weirdos type thing. As they're leaving, it's just it's a like, fair eh. comment because yeah, because it's strange, but meh. I mean, I've been to McDonald's in full uh, military gear from uh, Full Metal Alchemist, and that is quite a strange getter because it does include what we affectionately call a butt cape and full like welly. These blue trousers, overcoat, and you do look quite strange walking up to the counter and ordering a McNugget meal and then sitting down and eating it like there's nothing wrong. <laughs> um, also going to the local Tesco's, the local Ikea. <laughs> they all know we're coming. <laughs> I am forcefully reminded of one of my favourite scenes in Trekkies, the documentary about Star Trek fandom oh, with Denise yeah. Crosby hosting. Uh, where she wanders into, again, I think it's a McDonald's right next to a convention centre with, like, three guys in full Klingon prosthetics and armour. No, just... it's a subway. It's a subway. It's a sub? Okay. It's a subway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and as they're getting their orders, Denise just turns to the guy behind the counter and is like, so is this the first time you served a Klingon? And just with absolute deadpan delivery just goes, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a subway. Uh, I remember that. Uh, so yeah, so you've got the bar, you've got various event rooms, uh, and it'll be everything from uh, iron panels. Cos- panels to iron like stuff like iron cosplay, which is great fun. Um, so again, su- yeah, you're skipping forward. I mean, I think we can take as read what a panel is. Mm. Uh, did you say iron cosplay? Iron cosplay. Yes. Now, that's a term I don't know, and I'm betting a lot of listeners don't know. You know Wine Chef? Uh, vaguely. Uh, where they give you a ton of ingredients and you have to come up with a dish. No, no, no. In, in Iron Chef, Jen, what they do is they give you one special ingredient that has to be used. In... Oh, I thought it was a bit like Ready, Study, Cook. No, no, no. Okay. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, you get, you, get, you get the full kitchen, you get everything else... You have to use this one particular ingredient in the meal. And it could be, you know, avocado or yep. salmon. Ew. Or potato. Of course, you're Irish. You have to mention potato. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, iron cosplay works a bit like that. But how? Whether, rather than um, particular item, it's a category. Okay. Like a, a theme. So last year, I think last year was Mecca. Actually, no, year before, no, two years ago, sorry, was Mecca. The year before, a uh, year after that, it was uh, like Power Ranger Monster. <laughs> it's Sentai Monster, yeah. It changes every year. It's usually based on the convention's fee. Because the conventions usually tie in all their artwork into various uh, different themes as well. 
So like one year, uh, Minami was space themed. Hmm. And another year, it was gothic themed and so on and so on. Schoolgirl theme. Schoolgirls and, yeah. It's like, all ties back to anime in the end. So it's a timed cosplay challenge, basically. Yes. They yeah. get, I think for that one, they get... A few hours. Yeah, okay. yeah, a couple of hours to do the best they can. Uh, then you get photos taken, and then on the Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Usually, oh, it's after the masquerade. Generally, we'll get we'll get onto the masquerade. Don't worry. <laughs> um, they'll do, you know, vote for the best costume type thing, and, it, and I would be done by um, the room. Yeah, the the attendees as a whole, or will be done by a, a group of judges type thing. That does sound really fun. Yeah. I did it one year at Tokonatsu, and we had the game or, uh, the theme of Jubilee movies. So in our groups, we decided what we wanted to do, and I managed to snag a ton of black material and a bit of red material and managed to make an entire dress plus the headband of a kiki and dress a girl in it. Um. We didn't win. We came second, but at the same time, I was like, "I made a dress in an hour. What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> and um, with my costumes, I tend to hand sew, so everyone was like, "Yep, you can do all the sewing," because I was just so quick at it. It was really, really fun. <laughs> so yeah, it's just a laugh, and it's one of those sort of games where it's like you could get in a team of people you don't know and just join in and make something and just be like yes we did this as a group how much fun is that so and then um panels sort of moving on to those those are the other sort of main thing that goes on in the events and it can be someone at the top of the room talking about a subject um normally the subject will be something to do with anime hopefully <laughs> um <laughs> considering it's an anime con but we have had other weird things and sometimes it'd be to do with costuming or it would be to do with a certain genre like I've been to one on magical girls and talking about the history because I'm a fan of that with my passion for Sailor Moon and that sort of I genre. Went, I went to a great one at an Iacom one year it was all about anime penguins Yes, we went to that together Yeah. I can only think <laughs> of Pen Pen but then I'm not well versed in anime yeah. Oh, we were surprised by how many anime penguins there actually were. Yeah. <laughs> like, surprising amount of penguin anime penguins. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the events the events can be all different type of things. I mean, like, the common one you tend to find uh, over the last so many years is, uh, have been the sake tasting. So, you know, they'll bring in a variety of... Okay. So like, yeah. I'm just trying to think. I'm just Have trying you to been think. touching it already, honey? Ah. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to think. I'm just it's a little early to be pre-gaming this con. I, just, I mean, I just spent. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Is it something that they've brought themselves back from visiting, or is it stuff that's provided by an attendee of some kind? Because usually, usually it, the the sake panel is is hosted by. Someone who, you know, is usually in the industry in some form. Yeah. Um, also, at Manami, it's heavily ID'd because it, 
Manami is the only convention where it allows underaged. Most UK conventions only allow over 18 now because of mm. insurance, basically. And um, yeah, so you can see that it's the only panel normally at Manami where they're like, please show your part passport again because we need to check your age <laughs> funny <Yeah. laughs> um and then uh, you've got uh say say you don't want to go to any of those channels. you just want to sit down and watch a show watch a movie um watch a live action tv show they have video rooms and they they run from the f- like pre-events pretty much to early early morning on the final day type thing there's normally 24 hour programming in those because you yeah. can technically go sleep in them <laughs> <laughs> but- um, normally it shows that I've been uh, licensed by a UK company but sometimes you will get shows that are still only aired in japan with fan subs and stuff but that's very rare now most of it is going through um the different anime companies like manga and stuff it's mainly used nowadays as a way of them going check out this show we just got that you will be able to buy soon yes (laughs) or it's available to purchase now but it will be in it will be in the japanese it will be in you know uh, whatever format they've particularly got it in because sometimes some companies nowadays can only get it in the original Japanese subtitles because that's the only way that the uh, the owner's property will allow it hmm. Japan have got a particularly on the ball if it comes to their properties nowadays yeah because they know that you know we will pay for it. Well, <laughs> not me personally. There's an export market. Yes. Which they didn't for many years. No, very much so. It just seemed to be the lovely, gory and sex-filled stuff that they seemed to think was we're all interested in. It's like, no, we want your good stuff too. Please. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. It's like how um, Manga re- licensed the... Um, OVA so um, a show that got released straight to a video of a show called Ray Earth which um, is done by one of my favourite manga authors Clamp now the actual TV series is completely different it is a traditional magical girl show it's very kid friendly I want to show it to Evie when she's a little bit older Um, the OVA is completely different very violent very bloody and funny enough, Manga licensed that one. But without knowing the original anime, some of the characters are really confusing. <laughs> so you just sort of sit there and go, uh-huh. Okay. Thanks, guys. Oh, and it has one of those really awkward dubs of, you killed my father. <laughs> the lip flaps keep moving. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, the things we had to go through as anime fans in the, like... Early two thousands, nineties, and stuff. Oh, Jen, that's that's you know that's our generation. If you look at <laughs> some of you know the long time Congo is before us. 
Well, they were, you know, watching laser discs yes. while reading the subtitles off of sheets of paper that they were holding. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, we had stories. We we we've got it. We we've had it. We've had it made, you know, since that since we were... we had VHSs. Yeah, I've been extraordinarily <laughs> lucky in that the few anime shows or films that I've really chosen to enjoy have been great as dubs. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Ghost in the Shell. Thank you. That's marvelous. <laughs> I like the English speaking cast. Yes, they are very very good. Uh, Black Lagoon. So- yes, I'm quite happy with this dub. Thank you. Oh, I love the dub for that. It, I think it's actually better in English for Black Lagoon because it makes more sense because the characters should be speaking English anyway. Yep. So, I tend to yeah. prefer the performance in Ghost in the Shell as well. And Akira, yeah. major Western breakthrough release, so they really put some effort into the dub there. Yes, they did. I've actually finished... I still need to see that. <laughs> I've, actually did, I've actually, in the last 12 months, finished reading the... Uh, the original manga for that and I really wish that they had done the, the real plot I know it, I know you get like so a book and a half better. of it and then it's like oh it's like it's <laughs> oh, so, dead well I guess that's going to kill the story so, spoilers so, so it's chopped together like, now that I've read the, the actual story it's like my god the movie is terrible like if, you're, if, you, if you want if you want the plot for the if you want the actual plot for the show yes it's it is awful. an adaptation, very, yeah. very broadly adapted from the original <laughs> yeah. work. It's like, Jesus Christ, the stuff that they, they cut out. Yeah, when you're they reading sure? the book and you're like, orbital lasers? What? Yeah. <laughs> orbital lasers and, like, super, psych- and super psychic powers and the blue kids. What's going on? And it's like, oh, man. And then there's the, there's, uh, the, the, the girl... Uh, all of this is flying over my head <laughs> because yeah. I still have not seen it already and for that I should technically hand in my anime fan badge but <laughs> stuff it I know about rarer things than I- Akira so yeah. so yeah how many so, people have seen Princess Tutu <laughs> so yeah so <laughs> so we got uh, so that's the bar panels Events in general, uh, video got, rooms. Like the other making panels as well, because uh, there'll be oh, yeah, the, the, panels the, of teaching you how to make certain items and yeah, like the, how to the, use latex, how to make wings. Um, Manami normally has a pinky painting uh, panel as well. They have, a, they have a like paint your own model type panel or build your own Gundam model kit. Okay. And they'll usually the government model kit ones will tend to also do a speed competition, mm. and then you know they'll give you give you a basic kit and go right three two one go, <laughs> and the winner usually gets some model kit as a prize of some kind. Uh, but yeah, the other other events sort of thing you've got all sorts. There, there's there's literally all sorts of different things. And it changes every year. It's not always a case of there's definitely going to be this event. There's <clears throat> definitely going to be this event this year. Well, it depends on what people submit as well, because all the events are run by fans. There'll be some run by committee, like the main events, like Masquerade and Amake. But panels and stuff are submitted by commi- uh, by just the people that are going, just to share their knowledge, just to share 
the things that they do with the community. Like uh, one of our good friends, Leah, um, who made my wedding dress and Evie's christening gown and is absolutely wonderful and talented and I will gush about her forever because she is technically my wife. Jen, Jen. Okay. I love Leah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and she, 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 is a, she is a contributor to the uh, World War Stage 1 fan mails. Yes. She is indeed. Yeah. So we must gush about Leah more. And um, she, I think, is doing a panel this convention or at AMI about um, internet culture and how that's done and she's not getting any gratification, well she's getting gratification for it but nothing for it so she's just wanting to share that information with people uh, one of the people we know Tab always does com- um, panels about um, web comics because he does web comics himself and does tutorials and cosplay and yeah, it's really, really interesting stuff. And you find you'll get a event guide at the convention when you first go, and you'll sit there and ring things that you want to go to. And there'll be quite a few times it clashes, and you're just like, oh, no, what do I go to? Which one do I choose? And it's just, yeah. <clears throat> Which thing do I want to see more, basically? <laughs> see, I'm hoping that there's a, a, a tabletop presence. Generally, always going to be my big appeal. Generally, the in the games room, uh, at least for the bigger cons like AMA and IA back in the day, there were there was a more more than not a separate part to it, which was classic tabletop games. But it could be anything from they've done Cards Against Humanity to Settlers uh, of Catan to Munchkin to to all sorts. But the other part of that is that it's not necessarily always in the games room. Sometimes you'll find that in the bar. <laughs> yes, very at, true. Uh, at Manami, I think three years ago, I spent six hours playing Cards Against Humanity with a group that kept growing and shrinking their size as people came and, got, came and left. For six hours I played that game. I won <laughs> in the end. <laughs> Was that purely tr- through endurance because everyone else <laughs> dropped out? War of Attrition. Yeah, I went to panels while you were playing that. Yeah. <laughs> she went and did, she went and did, you know, good things <clears throat> while I did that instead, so. I think I even went to Ikea. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, but um, I got meatballs. Yay! So, yeah. Right, uh... Masquerade? Masquerade. Paper faces on parade? <laughs> you are in the same room as me. I can come over and hit you. But then I would be beating your wife, and why would you do that? <laughs> He's making faces, which is really, really good radio. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. <laughs> um, yeah, masquerade it is in some cases, in some conventions, it is literally a costume competition. In but uh, in most cases, it's more of a case of it's a costume showcase. It is the event where people sign up to show off the costumes they've made or do a little skit or comedy event sort of thing. But mostly it's check out what I've made. Look at, look at what I've made. Look what I've just spent the last six weeks fixing together. <laughs> 
just so I can spend the five minutes I'll have at the front of the stage to everyone to look at me. <laughs> it's the exhibitionist event. Yes. But you will see some stunning costumes that you can just see all the intricate little things on and yeah. you're just blown away each year of how good they are. You'll see stuff that, you know, of course, we literally spent the last two or three years working on. You know, and they they could have been in uh, the years previous with costumes that again had they been working on forever and ever, and then they just keep every year they come back and just blow everyone away. And then unfortunately, you can always get the other end of the scale where you know <laughs> they spent the last five minutes running around town grabbing stuff and. It's cringeworthy, but it's like you, you so applaud them because they've had the guts to get up there. It is – you think, oh, you know, um, like Manami's, it's only in a small room. It's not that bad. And it's like, no, you still – It's terrifying. It's terrifying. It's nerve-wracking because everyone is looking at you. It is judgment. It is judgment indeed. <laughs> Considering I did my first one at the age of 15, that was terrifying. So, yes. And then uh, one year we all did a skit together, which was hilarious. Yes. Um, based on FMA, which is why I was running around in a military uniform for a day. Um, <laughs> although I made, managed to make three of the military uniforms. and um, Oh, yes, I remember that when you were yes. desperately trying to finish them all. <laughs> yes, because my boss had left... Uh, two weeks before the convention and I, because I was only working part time, I was like, that's perfect I've got enough time to finish these she left, I went full time I still had costumes to do <laughs> so I was doing something like 8 hour shifts then going home doing 8 hours of sewing, sleeping for like 4 hours and then going back to work <laughs> um, I managed to finish them half an hour before the thing Pretty much. Yeah, I was safety pinned into mine. <laughs> um, well, yeah. You weren't the only one. It's not like it was just you doing it. We were all doing it. Yeah, but your costumes were finished. <laughs> yes. There was a lot of super glue involved, but yours were finished. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I was safety pinned. And you were going around dyeing your hair black and your moustache black and your eyebrows black. <laughs> My character needed to have black hair, so yes. yeah. Yeah, whether or well, not I, I do in costume, I have to say I'm going nowhere near that masquerade. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Like that's the. Well, there's always four costumes where people just yeah. work on a costume. They don't want to go masquerade, and they just walk around. Make and convention. sometimes, yeah. yeah, you just look at some of the costumes and you're like that is absolutely stunning. And then they dare enter it, and you're just like, okay. Because people just enjoy sewing. There are people that will make four costumes. They'll make three just to walk around on in each day. and Because they might be part of a group. Like one year there was a Thomas the Tank Engine group that Rowan and Jack were part of. and Or they'll just make ones just to have a laugh in. And then they will save their stunning, amazing one for Masquerade to hopefully win an award. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, so basically, you know, if you are entered into masquerade, you arrive. Uh, you arrive early before before all the guests arrive. Like all the con goers go sit, 
get their seats. You go into a separate room where you get in the order you'll be entering the stage from, and then you wait until it's your turn. Then they go, go, and you walk out there and you go, shit. (laughs) (laughs) There are all these cameras pointed at me. Or you do what I did one year. What's that? Hurt my ankle. Oh yeah, or you, or you, or you, or you twist your ankle before, well before the event and happens. Have to go to hospital. <laughs> and then you get to sit on a chair. When it's your turn, you just get up and walk to the front and go hi, <laughs> and then go back and sit back down on the chair. It was quite good, and we got front row seats for that one as well. <laughs> um, so you get to the front. You show off your costume, you show it off to the judges. If you're going to do a little event, a little skit or something, you do that, do your piece, you leave. You get to go back, then you get to go back into the room at the back and sit down and wait. Uh, is it based on, well, based on the Manamis one, uh, once all the costumes have been seen, the judges leave, go into the bar, have a drink, discuss who wins what. And they'll make up their own particular categories that they'll win. So it could be, say there was um, a Pokemon costume of some kind. There might be, you know, and and next we had the winner of the Gotta Catch Them All award. (laughs) And then it'll be that person or so on and so on. And then uh, generally they'll, if you win, you get to go and pick a prize which is usually um, an item donated by the dealers or by guests or by you know ver- or uh, committee members themselves as a prize for winning. So, <clears throat> and in other conventions, it's not a competition; it's just like a, a showcase, and then you just get praise. And then there are some that are so serious business that they will actually enter you into a Europe convent, uh, cosplay competition uh, that you'll go and represent your country at. Well, that just sounds terrifying. That's, that's, yes. the, that's the expos, though. I oh, know, Amicon is part of it, and so is Kita now, because oh. they're, not, they're done at, cause there's two costumes that we send. So it's a big summer convention that also sends one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now we compete in the World Cosplay Summit as well in Japan. So you can go represent your country to the world in costume. It's like, wow. (laughs) Yeah, we know several of those guys that have done that as well. Yeah, we do. (laughs) And they are amazing. Yeah, one of the guys um, made a fully functioning uh, Skeksis from Dark Crystal costume. <laughs> wow, that's... that's yeah, he's, he's bringing it to Manami, actually. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah he's, I think he's updated it. Let's not take any Eevee anywhere near that <laughs> freak her the hell out. Yeah, but Neil's lovely. He is, but she's one. <laughs> Meh. Because he, he, you know, he put cameras in the head because... That's where his hand is because uh, the the way the body works, it, it's the only way he'll be able to see. So he's got fans built inside it and all sorts to keep himself cool. And he sees through a small camera in his hand, basically. And he won, he won the the cosplay summit. He won the world's 
Well, the, the right to go and compete for the uh, the United Kingdom. That sounds rather like he deserved it. Yeah. It is amazing. I remember seeing it when it came onto stage and the whole audience went crazy and this was at a thousand plus con. Yeah. And it was just, oh my God, that's amazing. And it was properly moving and everyone was like, how is that being done? <laughs> Magic. <laughs> and <clears throat> we've gone on and on about amazing crafting and stuff but at the same time people do just buy their own costumes like i have my own full hogwarts gear that i will occasionally run around conventions in because i want to yes. and that's so as much fun and costume, that's... it will be a bought costume for the fun yeah. of being in costume <clears throat> without the effort of making a costume yes um that's, i brought that's a how, costume that's how some people start though yeah some people start by using bought costumes because they don't you know they haven't had the time or don't know what to do to do it and then eventually they then progress from that and they you know they make their first costume generally how it works is that they plan to make something amazing you know a lot of it lately is League of Legends characters people go oh, I'm going to make mm-hmm. this amazing character I'm going to put so much work into it and then it gets the actual event and they're like I was well under planned for this. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, what do I have left? Okay, uh, I have some shorts, a t-shirt I can cut up. I do have some makeup. All right, uh, Revy. I will be Revy from Black Lagoon. <laughs> and this will be a grown-ass man with a massive beard. Oh, God. man <laughs> Um... That's I said, yeah, I brought quite an expensive costume from this Harry Potter studio tour, so goddamn, am I getting use out of it? And it's quite nice to run around in that sort of costume because you're not being judged on your craft work. You're just going, hi, I'm a Hufflepuff student. Yeah, that's quite nice. <clears throat> so, yeah, so that's the masquerade. It's the cosplay event. Um Generally, after most masquerades, you then get the charity auction. Charity auction. <laughs> which is loads of fun. And that is, as it sounds, it is an auction. It, uh, it is usually items donated by, again, by dealers, uh, items brought back from Japan by one of the long running. Um, Perverts. <laughs> or. Um, <laughs> He is, but he isn't. It's one of those things, isn't it? Okay, I'm he, giving you a look. Okay, <laughs> he, he is. All right, well... Uh, I'm not letting him anywhere near Evie. <laughs> <laughs> and Rob used to live with him. I know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and it, it could be anything from... And usually it's stuff that, that you know, plant... that general make quite a bit of money because every convention has a charity a charity that they they raise money at the event to donate to uh a few years back the chairman for uh, the treasurer manami passed away from a heart failure so that particular year it was british heart foundation and most years after it is now because of that but it will also be like uh one year it was Turtles. It was yeah. sea turtle. Save sea, 
the sea turtles and all sort of thing. And it's and uh, the charity auction is even if you don't plan to buy anything, it's always great fun to be in there just to see the ridiculousness happen when you know two guys who really want this one stupid item <laughs> and the the lengths they go to when it's like <clears throat> when the MCs like come on, it's just five pound. You don't need to eat for the weekend. It's fine. Just five more pound. And then one of his mates will go, I'll give you the fiver. It's like, fine, I'll take it. it be- the amount of money raised as well at those things is absolutely incredible some years. How much was raised uh, to uh, auctioning off Granny Grootroot's hair? Something stupid. More than the actual, more than anything else that they sold. Yeah, I think it was over £500. I think... It ended up being everyone in the room put money towards it. Basically, the guy who brought, the guy who runs all the expo costume stuff, uh, and the uh, the you know, he he looks after all the cosplay guests, like what was it, for expos. Jack, I'm just going um, to he, go back to for the um, longest time had. He was bought. He, oh. Can you hear me? Yeah. Cool. You broke up there quite a lot. Oh, okay. So oh, go back to the guy who runs the uh, the the cos uh, costume stuff. Oh sure. Um, <clears throat> basically, Granny, uh, Granny Gertrude, as he's called, is the guy who looks after all of the expo celebrity cosplayers, and he runs the uh, the cosplay sections and all that kind of stuff for the big events. He uh, was starting to bald, but he still had long hair around the back of his head so basically one year it came up it was placed as a joke <laughs> and it ran people just ran with it that how much money to shave him how much money <laughs> to, sh- to shave his hair because you know this is everyone knew him for this haircut as well that was yeah. the thing and it's like how much to shave Granny uh, Gertrude and it actually raised more money than anything else in the auction rate had that raised that particular event in the year <laughs> and he sat there and it, and it happened and we all sat there and watched it and cheered and whatnot. That that's pretty cool I, I love those joke ones like um, again from Trekkies which is where I have a lot of it's the only convention knowledge I really have uh, is the, the, the auction of the Q virus I don't know if you remember that little story but John Delancey was a guest at a con, and he was extremely unwell. Um, and as a joke, uh, the, the guy who interviewed him offered up his unfinished glass of water as a sample of a virus so potent it could affect the queue. Uh, and, and it was bid on, and someone won it for an absurd amount of money and ran up to collect it. And as the guy was handing it over, he said, no, really don't drink that. He's very, very unwell. Uh, and the guy was like, I don't care, and just necked it. Oh. oh. Ew. <laughs> so, so, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, joke auctions, always the best auctions. How about the coffee that one year? Coffee? The Ava coffee. Oh, God. Yeah, um, said, generally a lot of the items are stuff brought back from Japan. And it could be, anyf- and it could be anything from uh, anime... Uh, branded vending machine coffee or soft drinks to <laughs> Gundam brand condoms. 
Ask a Mankayo branch condoms. Yeah. Oh, and these these things are small. Like like really small. Um but then it can be some amazing stuff. Like one year there was a there was a Metal Gear Metal Gear Metal Gear Solid standee beside by Hideko Kojima and the team, you know, so that was that raised quite a bit. One year there was a uh, custom built steampunk laser rifle hmm. that someone decided to, to put into the auction. Um, yeah, one year it was these Evangelion vending machine coffees. A complete collection. Complete collection. <laughs> uh, I think all one but, had all but one been drunk. All but one had been drunk. No, all but one were full. One had been drunk. Yeah, one had been tested to see. No, it was by accident. Because these things were like 10 years old and apparently they'd been in America and this guy was driving back from his convention and just asked his mate in the back to pass him a drink, not realised what it was, passed him one. Um, The next thing everyone knew is that he was being sick out of the car. Oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah. 10-year-old coffee. Ew. 10-year-old canned coffee. From Japan, so it's been imported a few times too. So yeah, gross. <laughs> but it's good fun. It's a good laugh, and sometimes you do want to see the oh my god, gross things they bring back from Japan, uh, such there's, as the why is she crying pillow. There's there's <laughs> always there's always something particularly wrong. You know, something that you, sh- you really shouldn't, you know, put any money on. But at the end of the day, it, the, the guys who end up buying it are that style of anime <laughs> And it's always something like a beach towel or a pillowcase or something like that where it has a girl of an indiscriminate age on it in a pose that it sh- she should not be doing. And one year, yeah, the, the character was crying, had tears, and it was like, and suddenly the, uh, yeah, the perverts in the room suddenly were like, I'll pay extra now. <laughs> oh, God. It went up in price. They were like, they were like first of all, it was like, prove it. Because what will happen is, uh, while they're auctioning, they'll be it'll be on the projection screen behind the MC, so you can see it on the screen, and the actual item will be uh, paraded, paraded around. around the room, so you can actually see it up close. If you, you know, so if you, want, if you actually are considering bidding on something, you can actually have a look at it before you do so. And, yeah, they're, they're like, oh my gosh, she's crying, and they're like, prove it, and they brought it over, and it's like, yep, she's crying. And it's like, oh dear lord. And you're, you know, Anyone who's got any sense is wetting themselves with laughter. And you got the other, then you look at the other guys who are like, hmm, how much more do I need to get... Ha- Can I get home this weekend? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, wow. So that's, uh, so that's the auctions. Uh, generally, uh, there's another event that tends to happen on mostly on Sundays as like the last event for the weekend. Apart from the parties. Apart from the parties, indeed. Um, which is called the Omakes. And what they are, it's skits. 
it's it's everything from uh, reenacting scenes or something to dances to singing to uh, parodies to whatever you want to do stuff that wouldn't fit in the masquerade basically stuff that's not suitable would go into this and uh, you know one year we did um i knew q we did i knew q yes we did our own we did a parody of avenue q's uh, uh the internet's for porn and we did the bring and bias for porn <laughs> and uh that went down really well people you know, we were we practiced and we were super nervous, and you know we we recorded it beforehand and we were going along, and it gets that first four porn part, which you had to say, which I had to do, and I didn't have to do it in the end because the entire audience did it for me. <laughs> it was like they were they were, they were they were on the they were on the game. You know, like yes, this is going to be great, and. We got we actually got a bit of a standing ovation. For yeah, it was incredible. And um, that night, I had changed something like three times as well in like the space of a couple of minutes. So I went from jeans and a t-shirt to a yukata, which is a summertime kimono, to a proper full-length ball gown. And yeah, people were like, weren't you wearing something else like a minute ago? And I had a proper full OB on me as well, which is the belt, um, tied by the wonderful tab because he has a collection of kimonos and OBs. So it was professionally tied. And oh my God, your back is so straight while you're wearing those. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I cannot lean back at all. And then, um, Yes, and my husband, boyfriend at the time, decided to fiddle with it, went back to see Tab, and it was almost going to undo. I'm glaring at the moment. I he can't see this. Again, that's great know. radio. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not, this is my first time. Be gentle. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not your I first might- time appearing on the show. You did famously oh. wake your husband up once. Yes, I did. Because uh, oh, he was so cute. He was properly oh, sleep and da in the same seat he is in currently now, but it is in a completely different place because we've moved since then. So anyway, I love the fact that he got. To, he's you guys were like, oh, it's fine. He's exhausted because they're expecting a baby. And he's got a wedding soon. It's like, oi, I'm doing all the planning. I'm the one carrying the baby. <laughs> well, yes, but we weren't talking about you. I mean, it's more understandable <laughs> for you, but it is also understandable for Jack. <laughs> oh, and I did also appear when, once when I fell off my bed and you could hear a loud bang oh, yes, and an true. owl. <laughs> yes, I had to leave for a minute when that happened. It was like, Jenna? <laughs> So yes, uh, you have the I, opening and closing ceremonies as well. Yep, every convention has its opening and closing ceremony, obviously to open the event, open the weekend, and get a brief overview about stuff that's be happening and uh, some announcements. Some announcements, something, and then uh, the main rule of a convention is don't be a prick, and it is actually normally put like that in the rules. <laughs> yeah, you know, everyone. 
who's working here is a, a, a you know is a human being, and if it's in a hotel, you don't want we you know we want to come back again next year. So don't be a prick. Don't break anything. If you do, please just inform us. Have a good time, basically. All good advice. Yeah, and then the closing ceremony is the roundup of stuff like uh, the results from various competitions run for the weekend, from uh, thank yous from uh, convention visitors, like special guests. Uh, oh yeah, we haven't talked about that yet. Okay. Oh yeah, Cammy's always there. There's a sniff of convention. A Cammy's there. <laughs> okay, me. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, and, then, uh, and then it'll be you know uh, announcements from other conventions journey going hey have you had a good time yeah do you want to do it again yeah <laughs> well we have this convention running on these dates we were in an advert for one once yeah are you coming are you guys going to be coming and they'll be like yeah cool it's 50 pounds oh yes. <laughs> but it's the entire weekend yeah yay there'll be drink yay <laughs> it'll be Hilton prices oh <laughs> <laughs> But we got special guests. Like Yay! who? Like who? GLaDOS. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. That's that's the opening and closing ceremonies, basically. But then, yeah, you got you got uh, some conventions have special guests, where it will be a prolific voice actor, genuinely, or uh, a cosplayer, or someone who's been particularly in the industry for many years who, you know, everyone has heard of and... Someone of note. Yes. The amount of times I've spoken to American voice actors about cheese rolling. (laughs) Yeah, because they don't believe it's a thing mostly, Jen. Yeah, I know. I've had to prove with my smartphone a few times. (laughs) Like, yes, it exists. (laughs) But, yeah, um... And that particular that year when we did the uh, bring and buy some porn, it uh, the, the guest for that convention was Matthew Mercer, who is a again prolific voice actor. He he signed my porn. He did sign your porn, yes. Which wasn't actually porn, but was the only dozinchi we could find. <laughs> um, and he, you know, he said after the show that he'd seen many. Avenue Q parodies and stuff over the years. And and so it was a bit, oh, God, what's going to happen? And all this sort of normal thing of, uh... And then we started singing. And then we did our thing, and he was like, this is the first genuine, original one of these I've seen where, uh, you know, where you've, you've, changed the, you've changed the song enough that it's fun and catchy and... We were they were surprised. He was surprised, and he genuinely enjoyed it. And we were quite, we were like, "Yeah, we did a thing. It worked. Let's never do this again." <laughs> <laughs> and again, yeah, we were we were on YouTube of this as a video as well. Yeah, we'll have to give the link to Simon so he can put it up because um, Mr. Crawford is also in it as well, being yeah. the main. Me, me, so- and, me, and uh, Mr. Crawford were like the two main characters for the video. Well, me and Kelly and a couple of others uh, that friends we know were just being people of the queue and getting to sing porn at him. It was fun. 
That does sound good. I do want to see this. And I want to share it with the world. <laughs> oh, that's something we haven't mentioned either. What? We've briefly touched on the dealer's room, but we haven't talked about the bring and buy. Oh, no! Especially as that's going to be your thing at um, Ami. Yeah, I'm going to be running that one. Um, basically, you have the dealer's room, which is it's the shopping centre of the convention. It's where... If you go to all... an MCM Expo, it's the whole convention. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, if you've been to an expo, you you, you know what it's like. Um, uh, then the bring and buy is the it's the almost like the car boot of a convention. Do you remember Blue Peter? And then people... <laughs> For American listeners, no. <laughs> <laughs> And for each year, you had to bring all your second-hand gear and sell it, and then you donated the profits to charity. I'm pretty it's sure exactly. the concept of a bring-and-buy sale is, is fairly widely known, isn't it? It's a yard sale. It's that type of thing. Sell your old shit for money. You bring it- stuff, and that, that's the stuff you sell, uh, and you buy stuff, and that's the stuff you take home with you. Yes, pretty much. And the rare stuff you can find in there for sometimes ridiculous prices or really cheap because people don't know what they've got and you've gone, yep, I'll have that. <laughs> I've always seen it as a great place to check out for video games. It's always worth checking the games there because there'll generally be something that you know someone doesn't know what it is and just ah oh, I don't need this anymore oh I can sell it here or they do know what they're selling but they're reasonable you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah and it's but it, sometimes you'll, you'll just find that that one game you've been searching for forever or that one game that you played when you were a kid and someone doesn't need it anymore and it's there and you're like oh, I will own you again mm. You got a Digimon game a few years ago, didn't you? And you were like the happiest man in the world. (laughs) I got a Digimon game there, and I was like, yes! I like Digimon. I had a very happy Jack. It was nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, in case it wasn't clear from this chatter, we're actually planning to do this. Uh, Yes, we are. We're going to be at a con, uh, which you, as I said, can't come to unless you've already got tickets. Uh, but there will be video evidence, and no doubt we will be talking about it in the show that follows, so our sort of late April show, <laughs> if we survive. Yes. This is by no means guaranteed. And also then we'll be able to announce when the next Amicon is at some point, and then that will be a bigger convention, and so hopefully people can come to that. They'll certainly have more warning to get tickets than they did this Yes. Um, <laughs> we kept on trying to go, yes, go buy tickets. And then we sold out within a couple of hours. Like, oh, <laughs> never mind. Don't need to advertise. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> we were very happy that day, us, me and the committee. So yes, we, we, I think we got a show out of that. I think we've yes. done well. <laughs> <laughs> Considering we didn't actually have a plan. Who needs a plan? Improvisation. Seat of the pants. That's that's how we roll here at World on Stage 1. <laughs> and no interruption from Evie, which is good, considering we're both on the show just today. So. 
I can't believe she's won. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you will be happy to know she will be going to this convention in her first costume and it will be an Eevee. Oh, it had to be. I know. So she's going to be adorable. And the lovely Leah is making it as well. So depending on how good it is, it's probably just going to be amazing. I might ask for her permission to take her in the masquerade as well. So then I, <laughs> she can tottle down. It'd be so cute. Oh, we should take her walker. (laughs) Yes. She'll probably be quite happy, but I'll probably have to carry her because she'll probably (laughs) also be like, oh, my God. (laughs) But it should be good because she'll see all of her uncles and aunties because this is going to be her first con going properly for the whole weekend. And... We've got a hotel room in the main hotel, which is going to be expensive, and baby monitor, so then we can still sit in the bar and have a drink while she's asleep. (laughs) And it's going to be really nice. And we've been going to this convention since the 10th. This is the 22nd, so that shows how long we've been there. And one of the committee members uh, called Ming, and she's absolutely lovely. We actually invited her to our wedding. Um, Unfortunately, she wasn't able to make it, but she did send us a wonderful wedding gift to try and make up for it. And... um, she, I was talking to her one night after because we always stay the Sunday night, uh, which is the conventions normally end sort of afternoon time on the Sunday, but we stay Sunday because it's lovely and relaxed and you don't have to worry about rushing off. And I was talking to her and she was like, yeah, I've watched you two from the fact of the year you weren't together, then suddenly you were together, and then for a few years you got to just see each other, then you got engaged, and then we heard you're getting married, and then um, you got pregnant, and we heard that on the grapevine, and then you brought your child, and it's just amazing and wonderful and all this sort of thing, and she was just so happy when um, we brought Evie along because she got a cuddle and she got a picture with Evie as well, so she was very happy. And it's just that sort of thing. It's like we've watched our friends grow up. We've grown up around it. Um, And especially Minami, it's one of those ones where we always try and make sure we'll be going. And it's one of the ones we have to book our tickets at the convention because otherwise we won't get in. And it's just amazing. And I won't shut up. And I should. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a good note to leave it on, I think. I'm sorry, I do babble, but then again, I'm a saleswoman, that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) I build rapport. (laughs) So yeah, that has been a little look at the UK con scene. My my preview, as well as everyone else's, and I will give you my reactions, like I say, the back half of April. Uh, We will be back before that as a show, though. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Hopefully with other cast members. Uh, But until then... Hopefully... This has been World 1 Stage 1. I have been Simon. I have been Irish. Am I General or Mrs. Irish? Goodbye. Bye! Bye.